You are listening to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, your go-to source for unlocking your true soul purpose and unleashing it into your business. I'm your host, Coach Holly Marie, and I'm a reformed old-school business strategist turned spiritual business coach. I'm now helping you to tap into your spiritual power and build it into a business that not only changes the world, but brings you abundantly flowing money while you do it. Stay tuned for an epic show ahead and be sure to share your listening experience on Instagram, tagging me at Coach Holly Marie so I can share the love. Now, grab your crystals, light some sage, and let's get hunting for purpose. Okay. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast. This is the podcast where we pull back the veil on how entrepreneurs from all around the world are aligning their business with their soul's purpose and building it into that deeply satisfying success. Today, I am so excited to tell you we are joined by the most incredible, amazing guest. We have Sean from Witchy Wisdoms. Say hello, Sean. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. Sean is a beautiful, powerful witch in the online space. Um, Like I said, she is the face of Witchy Wisdoms on Instagram, but she is also a published author, the host of, is it two podcasts or three podcasts, Sean? You've got a lot going on over in your world. (laughs) I do. It's two currently. Currently, currently too. Tell me a little bit more about you and what you do in your business, Sean, because I feel like you are going to explain it so much better than I do. You are such a dynamic businesswoman and I want to give you the light to share exactly what it is that you do. Thank you so much. Yeah. So again, Sean, Witchy Wisdoms. Um, The brand Witchy Wisdoms evolved about three and a half years ago, which simply started with me marrying tarot with what I was learning in therapy. So it started at this very cathartic healing process, which then morphed into life coaching because I built an Instagram platform and now has evolved into brand strategy and social media strategy for other spiritual influencers and business owners, because I feel like I'm able to connect with the empathic crowd better and I'm able to teach sales to empaths in a way that doesn't feel gross and icky. Mm. So that's like my ideal client base essentially. But, you know, aside from that and using myself as a case study, I've done like a lot of hard work around my own brand, which has gotten me now. This is my second book deal. I have created a podcasting network for a bunch of different witchy podcasts and yes, things just keep growing and growing. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So you said that this actually emerged from your own place in therapy. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. What was that first spark for you that said, I can actually take my personal journey here and build this into a business? You know, it happened with a lot of different feedback because I'll be honest, I look every morning at my Facebook memories to kind of like see where I was at, just like as a little reflective exercise. I love that, yeah. And I was, yeah, it's like cool, but I was a miserable person. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that I would be here at this stage, like teaching. I guess the turning point was when, uh, you know, was funny. Actually, Rachel, our coach, mm. started following me, and I was like, well, she's actually doing this as a business. Mm. I, this is my purpose. Like I feel people are reaching out to me. They're resonating with my message. I'm healing. I'm a healer. I can definitely do this in a way that doesn't drain me because at the time too, I was working in the service industry, which 
in my eyes is super toxic and I know mm. people have to do it and I know that it it's fairly good money, but there's a lot that goes into that industry that can be really, really draining. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 100%. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of entrepreneurs that come from that service industry background. I'm absolutely one of them. And, and I owned a service industry business as well. There's a really beautiful correlation in what you were saying there about the, the energy of an empath. And when we're empaths in a service industry, it really does become enormously toxic for us and enormously hard to deal with. It's, it's incredible because obviously, you know, there's an energy exchange, but when you're on your feet for 10 hours a day serving people and you're coming from a place of not necessarily genuine service, but servitude, mm. there's difference in what you're getting back. And it just hammered in on me. It was really, it really was like hurtful for my spirit. There's a lot of alcoholism and drug use in the industry as well, which is just like, it's rampant. And you know, coming from that empath stage, it does translate to social media. Obviously you do have to put up boundaries, but when you're doing it for a living, there are certain boundaries you just can't have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Was that a big part of your experience of being that empath in the service industry, moving into that online business space? Did you struggle with the whole substance use issue? Uh, I actually have a lot of substance abuse history in my past. Mm. Part of my healing journey and part of like being in therapy was unpacking a lot of that because part of my story, and I talked about this a lot on Instagram, but it's, I now feel so far removed from that person. I don't touch base on it much Mm. anymore. But um, from the ages of 13 to 17, I was a very heavy meth addicted child. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Really, really strong drug that was uh, hyper used. It was an epidemic in California. And I was too smart and really bored and got mixed up in the wrong stuff really young. And that, so there was that. And then the addictive personality uh, traits that I had that never got healed from just going cold turkey morphed over time. It morphed into um, falling into relationships that were not healthy for me, abusing alcohol, all of these different facets. And so, you know, going along with that and with addiction, boundaries were a huge issue. So even if, I'm going through these healing motions on this blog, building this life coaching business. What I'm then learning is how to translate all of those tools into an online space and building boundaries around that and guarding my empathic abilities around that. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that you touched on boundaries because I think that that's really a prevalent issue that is occurring for entrepreneurs now, especially new entrepreneurs who have not made the connection that we need to have energetic boundaries in this online business space. What was the first indicator to you that you still needed to really have those boundaries in place with your business, especially starting in life coaching? Well, I think that um, a business, whenever you start it, any kind of entrepreneurship, you're going to get knocked on your ass a few times. (laughs) I'm into that. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to have to do some reflecting. Um, you know, and me coming in fresh out of therapy, writing a, a blog, feeling like I'm on top of the world and totally healed, certain things would come up and I'd be like, oh no, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but what I found and what is the biggest correlation that I, at least I experienced was that the lack of boundaries comes from a surplus of desperation. Mm. Whether it was, you know, the need for attention when I was abusing alcohol or men or drugs or whatever, now it was the desperation to make a sale 
or to have people, you know, look at my posts. And it was like, okay, well, if this person is sliding into my DMs, I need to give them all of myself and talk them through everything. When instead, you know, you can put up business hours, you can limit the amount that you give to people that are just hanging around. And most of the time, people don't really expect that either. Like, you don't have to go to those lengths. But when desperation is hanging over your head in that way, you kind of feel like you have to in order to be validated in what you're doing, at least in the beginning and at least from my experience. Mm, yeah, I 1000% agree with that. What was that first shift for you? And especially when you moved into that space out of the blogging and into selling your services, both as a life coach and then you moved into business coaching, what were those initial boundaries that you felt that you had to put in place? Well, a lot of it did happen within the DMs. Um, so when I would write, let's say, some sort of inspirational post, people would resonate with it, and then they would come into the DMs asking for help. And I found myself actually like life coaching a person consistently for fear that you know they could potentially be a client. And then, and it really was when I got a coach and I started to step into my own authority and started stepping into my own role as a business owner, where I was just like, okay, listen, there are tears of my attention that you get. And one of my favorite um, synonyms, allegories, metaphors, I don't know, one of those words, <laughs> one of those things, <laughs> but <laughs> they're basically uh, boundaries were illustrated in this way. It was essentially you are a rose bush at the very center of this like concentric circle garden. And there's a big gate around the outside and you can let people in so far as they've proven their trust. So like, you know, maybe the strangers are only allowed to the weeds on the outside of the fence and your family is allowed up to the daisies that are like two concentric circles away or whatever. But it really like having that kind of lush garden in my mind really made me understand that, oh, not everyone's allowed my whole heart. Mm. Yeah, that's such a beautiful picture, such a beautiful picture. And especially for somebody in your position, because in your content, and I so encourage everybody to go and watch and read your content because you are so honest and so raw about your story and your experience, both past and present. And your authenticity really shines through in that space. How do you create that boundary and that limit around that rose garden for yourself of how much do I share? And then how much do I use that part of my story to really connect with my audience? It's interesting um, because I don't know that I've, I have a recipe for that. Mm. I use my intuition on what I feel really safe and called to share. Like, for example, the most recent thing that was a very vulnerable moment for me was talking about uh, not drinking at all anymore. It was a decision that I made that um, has vastly improved my life. And there were a lot of like, you know, push and pulls internally for me to be like, oh, is this something I really want to blast out onto the internet with my, you know, thousands of followers? Is this something that I should keep inside? Am I going to look a certain way to my audience? But ultimately, I came to the conclusion that this was important. It was part of my life and something that was, you know, actually going to help my audience in turn, which is always really my intention when I'm working with people. But it's not that I don't have secrets. I think people think I don't because mm -hmm. I talk about all of my stuff all the time, but I definitely have some things that I keep for myself. So it looks like I'm keeping up a good illusion. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Did you find that that post about you stopping drinking, did that really resonate with your audience? Oh my God. Yeah. I got so many likes, shares, comments, tons of people coming out of the woodwork. 
Um, it was interesting though, because with anything like that you do, and this is a perfect point for boundaries, you do have to be aware of the people that you're calling in. So mm -hmm. where I was choosing to end my relationship with alcohol because I felt as though it was taking too much energy out of my day, uh, there were a lot of people that had still had alcohol addictions that were then coming into my DMs looking for help, healed addicts or dry drunks like we call them, mm -hmm. uh, who are just practicing abstinence but none of the other steps, who are like projecting on me in the DMs. So like, it's, there's a lot of stuff that I did call in with being vulnerable, but overall, the amount of support was just, it was overwhelmingly amazing. So, you know, you take the good with the bad, but I think that over my years of business, I've been able to filter out what's, you know, positive and not. Yeah. Let's speak about that whole cultivation and manifestation of clients for a moment, because I know that that's really one of your areas of expertise. Um, and that's so obvious from the way that you show up online. Are you, are you strategic about how you cultivate and attract a particular type of, of follow to, follower to your page or a particular type of lead to become a client? Well, I, I'm huge on law of attraction and manifestation. It's just part of my witchiness. Um, and the, actually, there was a TikTok recently on visualization on how Harvard did um, a study on piano players. They had one group actually play piano and another group imagine they were playing piano. And neurologically, they couldn't tell the difference. Fascinating, which, isn't it? And so yes. um, visualization is a huge thing for me and messaging is a huge thing for me. But I, when I tell my clients about who they can best serve, and I just talked about this in a story, it's basically you three years ago. Mm -hmm. So I always speak to that next wave that I can usher in because when I started Witchy Wisdoms, it was the um, really sad girl who needed help and needed healing and needed someone to hug her. And now, you know, over time, that's just shifted and evolved into, okay, the sad girl healed and now she wants to run a business. So how can I help that? So it's really all about my messaging and speaking directly to that version because I feel as though I'm not too far removed from her, but I'm also far enough ahead to be able to extend an arm back and say, hey, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. It's really about evolving with, with that journey of your business as it goes, that we are, we are not married to one client and we are not married to one message, but that we are as business owners, just as we are as people, we are always evolving through our journey. And I, I read the post of yours recently where you spoke about understanding that shift that you had still been speaking to the, the past version of yourself from so many years ago and you'd evolved beyond that point. Um, and I love that honesty and that clarity to say, Hey, I, you know, I'm a successful business owner and I, I have an extraordinary following and I'm, I'm making abundant money, but I'm, I'm still learning and evolving through this process as I go. And I'm willing to show up here honestly and say, Hey, I overlooked this and now I'm going to rectify it. How did that feel for you showing up in that way? Honestly, it just felt helpful. Uh, you know, I just, I come in and I, I say what's on my mind and people resonate with it. And I, I talk about this all the time, but I, you need to outsource your expertise. Mm -hmm. If you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So if you fucked up, address it, like have people help you. The reason why I've gotten so successful so quickly is because I've surrounded myself with people that know far more than I do. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about, and also, you know, when you talk about your mistakes, it gives people a permission slip to kind of be a little messy. And I think one of the biggest issues, at least within my community is perfectionism. You know, if I can get them to see past that, 
most likely they'll sign with me to be honest because <laughs> the journey. But you know, I teach this in personal branding all the time because that's really my forte. Your personal brand is special that we live in this day and age because it's your brand is you. This isn't Coca-Cola where it's red and cursive. It's you. So it evolves, it grows, it's human, it has quirks, and that's what people fall in love with. So being honest and being vulnerable, showing some skin, that's the best way to gain a loyal following. Mm, that's so beautiful. When I look back at your journey and what you've described of your business journey, it seems that there has been so many emergences of purpose, like your sense of purpose in business has grown and shifted as you have. And I believe that to be so true of business, but so often overlooked is that there's a, a myth in entrepreneur business that we need to find a single perfect purpose and a single perfect message and a single perfect brand. And we need to loyally stick with that until it becomes a seven figure business. But given how, how evolutionary your journey has been, I would love to get your take on, on how you feel purpose has fit into, to the way you've run business and the way it drives your business. Oh, I feel like purpose is this, this big, like, rainy cloud over everybody that's like if I don't have this purpose then I'm nothing and I <laughs> all the time they're like what's my purpose I'm like your purpose is to be a human on this journey it's mm -hmm. to learn it's to collect experiences and then you know I'm all about intention over purpose like what do you feel called to do do that and watch it shift and evolve you know every single person that I talk to and again like I love this day and age that we're living in because it's truly never too late to do anything most of the women I work with are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and they're finding a new purpose outside of their purpose of motherhood or outside of their purpose of anything else that they're doing. Purposes can converge, they can diverge, they can be so many different things. In my story, at least, when I was younger and I was living in LA, the one way that I bonded with my dad was to watch the Lakers. He's a huge basketball fan. So I thought my purpose, because I was so passionate about it, was to be a sports agent or like the first female owner of a basketball team. I wanted to do it. And to be honest, if I stuck with it, I probably could. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I went into sports entertainment for college and I learned business that way. And luckily that uh, background kind of helps in this way. So that purpose served this one. But you know, if you believe in the divinity of the universe and that you are where you're supposed to be your purpose is just being you it's experiencing it's being authentic and honoring that part of yourself mm. yeah i love that little snatch grab that you just said right there where it was you know, one purpose serves another purpose and that's so evident in in the story of i believe every successful business owner in this entrepreneur space is you know, when we allow a service to become what it is, when we allow a purpose to be served to its completion, it gives way to another purpose and, and another one merges in. And we do have these, these wild intersecting stories, about, you know, sports entertainment into life coaching, into business coaching, into, I mean, there are so many just extraordinary little bits and pieces to everybody's journeys and they, they become this gorgeous tapestry of this led me to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And there is, there is a fulfillment and there is a satisfaction in surrendering to that human experience and allowing it to be what it was divinely created to be. I love that you speak on that. I just love that word tapestry. It's so it's 
it's just perfect for it. I love it. It is. It is, isn't it? And and the analogy that I always love about tapestries is that it's it is so detailed and so beautiful and so exquisite on the front and so messy on the back. And that is so representative. <laughs> the tapestry of business. If this episode is speaking to your spirit, you are going to want to check out my latest waitlist opening for huge spiritual growth in your business. The waitlist doors are open for the next intake into the Soul Academy membership, which is a monthly spiritual business membership that equips you with every tool you need to build your thriving business from that foundation of your soul, honey. With monthly spiritual toolkits, energy healing circles, and coaching sessions with myself and other guest experts, the Soul Academy membership is truly a game changer for every woman in business who is struggling to create success in a soul-aligned way. Just ask any of the members currently in the Soul Academy and they will tell you how radically transformational it has been for their business. Hit the link in the show description for more details or head to my Instagram at Coach Holly Marie to ask any questions and get your name on that waitlist. But for now, let's head back to this juicy episode. Really speaks to what you were saying before as well is that we, you can create a personal brand. You can create an, an image that is based on the true essence of who you are, but that doesn't mean that you need to share every single element of what's happening. Some Absolutely. of the things behind the tapestry where some of the mess is, that's, that's your experience to have in mm-hmm. your own space and in your own time. And authenticity often gets mixed up in that, in believing that authenticity is about bearing everything online. Yeah, people have a funny relationship with the word authenticity unfortunately is one it is one of the most overused words in the coaching industry which I think really cheapens it because it is truly a diamond in the rough to find somebody that is actually authentic um because you're right there are tons of oversharers that are like worried about not sharing enough there are tons of people that are perfectly curated and in their mind they're like oh well that's me so I'm authentic and it's it, it really is a lot harder to achieve authenticity than it is to just throw around with jargon. <laughs> I agree. I agree. There is, there are a lot of ways to hide under authenticity um, and a lot of ways to operate out of that space of desperation and out of that space of fear, but to, to show up on a, a public platform authentically with your intuition is <laughs> it's, it's confronting. And it's, it's brave and it's, it's certainly a, um, a daily journey. And I, I love watching your daily journey through that because I think you, you walk that line so beautifully. Um, and that's really evident in the way that your followers not only continue to flood to you, but the way that people speak to you on your platform as well. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you. You're so welcome. <laughs> I'm curious about what what blocks you faced along the way in that journey through, you know, these evolving purposes and really showing up um, as your own personal brand and how that how that changed. I mean, you have such a unique personal brand um, in showing up both both as yourself and in teaching business and in having a very you know strong uh, witchcraft under theme to everything that you do. What, what blocks or struggles did you face along the way in growing that into what it is? Oh, there were a lot. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I, 
I'm one of those people that I will just throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks and then learn from my mistakes. I am a very difficult learner. And honestly, sometimes I like, I don't get things until I actually get them and a light bulb goes off. And I am just going to be honest with everyone because if you're in your business and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody does. (laughs) Amen, sister. (laughs) Because you're good. You're in great company. Um, So I guess the, uh, one of the top like two biggest blocks in the beginning of my business, especially um, was tact. Um, Sometimes being too authentic will Mm -hmm. not be great. And I I made a couple comments in the beginning of my platform when I thought nobody was listening Um, and nothing like hate speech or anything that would, you know, nothing vile. Um, But I I don't even remember what I said, but I got completely hammered online just by like the wrong audience um, that like spun me into a panic attack. Um, Because, you know, I think that when you're first trying out messaging and you're first trying to speak to an audience and even still, like I will rub people the wrong way sometimes because I do talk about investing a lot and they're, let's be real, there are socioeconomic uh, 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 hindrances Mm. and systemic issues that my country is facing and that is, they're horrible, but, uh, you know, you try to weed people out with your messaging. So people will get really upset over it. But I think now that I'm in a place of authority, especially with my followership, there are less people that will go straight to attack me. Mm. But when I was in that lower count, um, I definitely faced some backlash for doing something similar, you know, speaking broadly to a small audience. I think that's probably the best way that I could Mm. narrow that down. Um, and then going back to boundaries, um, I think price systems were really difficult for me because, and this is a huge thing that I run into with my clients now, and I'm glad I went through the experience so I could help them with it, but it feels kind of icky to sell people healing. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when I, you know, was healing from a very, very toxic and horrible um, relationship with a heroin addict. Mm -hmm. I schlepped myself from Jersey city to Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, for free Medicare therapy and it feels weird to be able to or to want to heal someone under life coaching for you know a couple thousand dollars when Mm -hmm. I got it for free but the way I've kind of rectified that in my mind and with my clients is the frame of value because when you're in a situation like that and you have to do what you have to do to heal and you have to scrap and and you have to just kind of you know do whatever it takes you don't have the luxury of mm. life coaching. However, had I had, you know, money in the bank and was not close to eviction, I would a thousand percent have rather gone to a life coach who knew exactly what I was going through, who could, you know, be in my back pocket and walk me through these things instead of feeling totally and utterly alone for years. Mm. So, you know, some like working between that struggle um, and then giving people, you know, payment plans that were like $50 a month just so they would stay with me because I was like, I need you to validate the fact that I know what I'm talking about. Um, and you know, I mean, it's all these things that you have to come to like, you know, it's like a come to Jesus moment. You have to be like, Hey, listen, this is a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm a hard learner. It took me a while and a lot of defaulted payments and a lot of like, you know, really close cut months in order for me to be like, all right, listen, take myself seriously. But yeah, I think those are like top two blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary. The, the clarity that you have on how you've navigated those, you know, that it's, um, 
again, speaks to that authenticity and it, it speaks to really understanding that both the, the business strategy and the spiritual undergirding that you have through all of this is that it's, it is really important in terms of business strategy to, to know who you're speaking to and to, to be willing to divide your audience in that way, because you're right. We, we cannot speak to people who are physically unable to afford the services that we offer. And, and we really get ourselves in very, very murky boundaries with those places. And I think that there's a lot of permission giving that we need to give ourselves as entrepreneurs, specifically in the coaching space where we, we allow ourselves to not have to help everyone, but we can help just a very particular subset of people who are ready and, and they have availability to do it and, and they're able to take on the transformational experience that we offer with you, you respond, go for you, go for it. <laughs> well, so I was working through with a client recently on this exact thing. And, you know, you're right. There is a very small subset of people that we can work with one-to-one, mm. but the power of social media and the power mm. of community is just vast. And it's something that our, you know, our parents, our parents' parents just didn't have. Like, mm. you know, a bulletin board does not do the justice of the explore page. Yes. And you know, you can, you can give a really great piece of healing advice to, you know, uh, a bunch of people on Instagram or on TikTok or wherever the, the place may be. Um, the, my client that I'm speaking about was super concerned because she was like, you know, well, if I'm going to charge a certain amount of money in two months, like I can't promise that they're going to be healed after two months. I'm like, no, you can't. Of course not. No, you're giving them tools. So all we can do is give tools in different packages and on Instagram and on your blog posts and on in Facebook groups and all that. You can give those transformational tools at a certain tier. And then that one-on-one is like the ultimate tier where you're like, okay, I'm like immersing my energy with yours and we're going to work on this together. But they're still at the end of the day, just levels of the tools. Mm, mm. And that really speaks back to what you were saying at the beginning of our conversation with the tiers of access to you and the tiers of communication that you can have with people, which is, is so vital in the structure of our business. But again, it, it, it plays into those energetic boundaries. It plays into our belief system and, and the energy that we come across with. And certainly that's my area of passion is, is understanding and teaching people how we build this all into one growing organism that it's not, it's not strategy over here and throw a little bit of spirituality on the side, but that spirituality permeates everything that we do in business. I'm curious because you have such, such um, spiritual messaging in your business. I'm curious about what your take is on that. How do you feel that spirituality and strategy fit together in business? I, I mean, to me as a witch, it's all connected. Um, someone asked me on a podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, they were like, well, how do you like maintain your witchiness while you're working so hard on your business? And I'm like, I am a witch. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I speak my intentions into my morning coffee. I like, you know, magic always finds its way. And when you have a perspective where you're rooted in your power and you're rooted in your, your spirituality, whatever that may be, it's always going to be the underlying base of morale Mm. because you're not going to want to cheat someone or be this like, you know, 
um, hierarchical shark in business because your ethical standard or your empathy or whatever is going to steer you in a more authentic direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, calling it that organism is perfect because it is cellular. It's all, it's all within our makeup. It's all there and it's all accessible. And I know that, you know, at the beginning of somebody's witchcraft journey or their spiritual journey, it might seem very compartmentalized because there's so many um, just things to learn and concepts and healing and all of that. And it's overwhelming. But in time, it becomes so integrated and so second nature that, you know, it is it's your guiding force. Mm. Mm. I love that you, you spoke about speaking your intentions into your morning coffee and, and having that as that <laughs> ritual practice. What other spiritual practices do you use regularly? Do you have a structure around the spiritual practices that you use or is it more of an organic intuitive process for you? Um, it, it's a little bit of both. Um, I am a very structured person. I'm like the queen of organization. Somehow not a Virgo, but I love a spreadsheet. So I treat my life as such and I wake up in the morning and I do an exercise called the middle pillar, which is a, a Kabbalistic uh, high magic ceremonial practice. And it's mainly just meditation and a breathing exercise, but I am Jewish and speaking Hebrew and combining magic just feels like it works for me. Mm. So doing that in the morning, um, stretching with yoga to wake up my body intentionally, speaking my intention into my coffee. Um, what I've been doing recently, though, is because, and I, we were talking about this before we hit record, but I now have my life where it's scheduled into minutes. So it's like, cool, I have four minutes to do that. Um, but I be so jam-packed during the day that afterwards I'll be like just ready to shut off and I will sit in the bath and meditate with like intentional herbs and my candles and just really like do some bath magic for a bit. Um but, you know, I do, I do follow moon cycles. I follow planets. Like I said, it's just so second nature to me. It doesn't feel like, oh, what day is it? When is the new moon? It's like, oh, I know it's Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, did it take you a while to get to that place? Do you feel like you had to emerge into that space where that really just became natural for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, mm. witchcraft is so much research. I equate it a lot to um, when I went to school for interior design, because again, many purposes, um, <laughs> watched a four hour video on Fabergé eggs. A four hour video. (laughs) On just Fabergé eggs, which was a very tiny subset of what interior design is because have, and also like what interior designer is like Fabergé egg for every room. Like it was so, and that's how witchcraft feels because it's like, you could like be inundated with so much information about one phase of the moon. And you're like, how am I ever going to learn this? but then you get excited and you do. And it just happens in time with everything else, like with business, like with healing, like with literally anything. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly in the, in the audience that I have and a lot of the conversations that I have, there is, there is a struggle for some people to really confidently push into that spirituality space because there's, there's so much unknown about it and particularly for people from religious backgrounds who find it difficult to step into the freedom and the surrender and the intuitive sense that is in this spiritual space um and i i wonder how that journey was for you particularly from a jewish background was there a point at which you decided that you were just all in with witchcraft and spirituality 
Well, I'll be very honest. I, so <laughs> I've always been a rebel. Um, <laughs> and I, my parents were punk rockers. They were not, we were not going to church. We weren't going to temple. My mom is of Jewish descent. So I am technically a chosen person, mm. but we did not practice. My father is a German Catholic. And one day they were like, Hey, to me and my sister, like, do you want to go to church or do you want to go to temple? How do you want this to work? Do you want to learn religion? We were both like, how about no, none of that. And so instead, I found myself in the occult section of Barnes and Noble. <laughs> and I picked up, um, you know, I, I found Kabbalah. So I really liked, like, especially Lindsay Lohan had a moment with a red bracelet at one point. Um, so my journey with magic was all like, you know, kind of up in the air and um, very like half-assed in the beginning. Mm. It wasn't really super serious until about four or five years ago. Mm. Um, but I always had an inclination for something that was different and bigger because of my rebelliousness. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, these aren't simple concepts. Surrender is fucking hard. Sorry. Can we curse on here? Of course you can <laughs> go for it. Surrender in and of itself is one of the most difficult things. And as humans, you know, control is safety. Control mm. is like, okay, if I know point ABC, I will be safe and I will be protected. But when we don't know that, that's really scary. It's like floating in the abyss. And it's something that I do, like, I'm a mass planner for that very reason. So being able to sit and look at my planner and say, and then just try to surrender is its own small act of magic, but it's not like I've mastered it. Mm. Yeah. Do any of us ever fully master it? (laughs) I'd like to meet the person who has. (laughs) I feel like I'm still, I'm, I'm still on a, just a winding journey with with that relationship with surrender control surrender control and and it's really important to give yourself permission for that to to be human and and especially in business to allow that to simply be what what it is on the day that you've got it so i I know from my experience some days i'm excellent at surrender I'm a goddess, let it go, get into the flow, like let divine come through. And, and other days that is a struggle for me to really allow that to happen. And I can spend my entire day resisting it. Um, and it's, there is so much in that space for female entrepreneurs in particular about, about permission and about self-forgiveness and, and about allowing ourselves to be human in, in this path that we've chosen to walk, that it's, it's not about perfection and it's, it's almost not even about success or failure. It's just, it's just about growth. Yeah. And there's, there's this beautiful card in the tarot deck called temperance and it had been haunting me for a really long time, but it essentially, it's a woman with angel wings. Um, We assume it to be an angel, but there's also this like divine earthly connection that like, kind of shows that she is mortal but has reached some sort of ascension because she's mastered balance Mm. and it's basically just you know that surrender control balance because there has to be both you can't just constantly surrender to everything you'd be a mess (laughs) you wouldn't exactly so you know there has to be some level but and this is why witchy wisdoms the blog started out so great because that's what I would do I'd be like okay I pulled this I'm struggling with my control issues because I'm a total codependent. And now I pulled temperance. What does this mean? How do we put that magical into the practical? Mm. And that's like, you know, that, that idea of temperance has always stuck with me and is still 
that's like my main card that I remind myself of daily. Yes. So powerful. It's very grounding. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need that. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> so tell me what is ahead for Witchy Wisdoms for 2020? What is on the cards coming up on the, on the business cards and on the literal cards? And uh, how can people get involved with you in the coming months? So um, book number two is coming out. My first book was published with Cosmo under the Hearst Company in Sterling. It was called Love Spells. You can pick that up on Amazon. Um, But book number two, which is officially I can talk about, is all about the power of hexing and how to ethically hex and protect yourself from the patriarchy. It's a really cool concept, and it's very... um, Uh, I think people are going to be really intrigued by the idea because people are like triggered by the word hex, which I I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That is going on my reading list. (laughs) No, because I mean, really like at the end of the day, like the whole book is just about magical boundaries. And that's like what we talked about. Um, So that's, that's a really exciting one. I have another book in the works that I can't talk about yet. Um, But I have a ton of programs that I'm launching throughout the year. I'm hosting my very first retreat in New Orleans. It's called the Witches Retreat, and that's happening in July. So if spots are still available, that's something that people should definitely hop on. But regardless, they can you know find all of that on witchywisdoms.com. I'm witchywisdoms everywhere. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, I got it. I'm <laughs> and you are, you are everywhere. You are the queen of dominating on every platform. <laughs> You will know my name. That's my. (laughs) (laughs) Easy to remember. Household name, witchy wisdom. Wisdom. (laughs) And if people want to get involved with you for the retreat, if there are spots available and and still left for them to join in, give me a little overview of what that retreat is and how people can get in contact with you about it. Oh my God. It's so cool. So I booked a man in New Orleans and it has a pool and I'm like really stoked about it. Um, There are extra spots available right now to book your own accommodations and then just join in the fun. But essentially as the planning queen, I've created an itinerary that's packed full of guest speakers. Um, It's packed full. We have a ghost tour that we're doing. We're doing a, uh, we're going to the Voodoo Museum, VIP guests get cemetery photo shoots. Um, We are doing reading circles. We're having midnight seances. Meals will be provided um there's it's it's jam-packed it's so freaking cool and it's like it's literally I just decided I was going to do it and then just did it because I was like let's manifest this and people are really excited (laughs) I'm shooting from the hip but it's working um but witchywisdoms.com slash it has absolutely every detail you need for that and um feel free to email me I answer everything within 30 seconds because I'm always (laughs) So if you don't hear back from me, I'm probably hurt. So reach out. (laughs) Somebody send help. Send help. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That experience is just going to be life-changing for everyone involved, I'm sure. I'm so excited. And the guest speaker is so cool. It's just, it's going to be great. Bringing baby witches into the world. Yay. Yay for that. It has been so amazing talking to you about your journey. Before I let you go, I I have to ask you what your one piece of advice is for women coming into that new entrepreneur space who are in that question of what is my purpose? What do I do? How do I build this business? What's the one piece of really tangible advice you can give them to navigate through that? 
well, just remember that it is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. And when you put so much pressure on having something by a certain time, the only thing you're going to yield is depression because you're not going to meet your expectations. You need to put your nose to the grindstone and just continue. Your purpose will surface. I didn't even mean for that to rhyme, but we can brand it. <laughs> I'm like, yes, brand that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> your, your purpose is going to surface. Have faith in that. All you need to do is keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that means showing up authentically. That means writing from your heart and really, really sinking into the idea of who you can help the most and then talking to them. Mm. Purpose and service. Always That's the two best friends going together. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Oh, that is so powerful. This is so good. I know that this is really, this episode is going to be so shifting for every listener that comes to it. Definitely, definitely jump on any of the million platforms that Witchy Wisdoms is on. You can catch her on. What, what are all of them, Sean? You've got Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and you also have two podcasts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and Twitter. <laughs> oh, Twitter. Anywhere on the internet that you want to go, search for Witchy Wisdoms and you will find her. And definitely get yourself involved with the programs with Sean because the work that she does in bringing people to this place of authority and of transformation and really into ownership over their business is it's truly something superb to to witness and to be part of. So invest in it, my friend. Invest in it. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for gracing us with your time. And uh, no doubt we will be speaking to you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hunting for Purpose. If you love this episode, don't forget to take a photo or a screenshot, jump on over to Instagram and tag me at Coach Holly Marie on your stories or your posts so that I can share the excitement with you. We will definitely be meeting again on the next episode, but until then, keep hunting for your purpose, babe.